It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 31st, 2018. Happy Halloween, everyone. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Today, we're going to talk... All about the Magic's loss to the Sacramento Kings, a 107-99 defeat over at the Amway Center to a, a really uh, surprising Kings team. They're playing some really good basketball right now, and, and the Magic, despite uh, some good efforts, an effort that was probably better than I think a lot of fans, at least in the immediate aftermath of the game, would recognize, but still a loss, still a lot to clean up, still a lot of mistakes, and a big issue. That is only getting bigger. We'll talk a little bit more about the offense. I know I chatted about it more optimistically uh, yesterday. We'll talk about that just a bit more today with some reaction from players. But before we do any of that, it was a busy trade deadline in the NFL. And if you want to get the scoop on all the deals that went down and the deals that didn't go down, the Locked On NFL Podcast Network is your place to go. Locked On Lions did their recap on the uh, Golden Tate trade. Um, uh, there, there were trades all over the place. Uh, the Broncos trading Demarius Thomas to the Texans. The Packers trading uh, Dr. Phillips alum, HaHa Clinton Dix, over to Washington. All those trades are covered on a Locked On podcast, just like this one covering their teams with excruciating detail. Excruciating detail. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, whether it's Locked On Buccaneers, Locked On Jaguars, Locked On uh, Falcons, Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Raiders, Locked On whoever. Even Locked On NFL and Locked On Fantasy Football as well. You can find them all on iTunes to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day with NFL podcasts, NBA podcasts, MLB podcasts, and yes, even college podcasts. Just search for your team on iTunes today. The Orlando Magic took on the Sacramento Kings over at the Amway Center on Tuesday night, and it was a... A tricky game to be sure. Uh, Sacramento coming off a back-to-back. No one was really sure if they'd be able to keep up the crazy pace that they're on. And to some extent, the Magic slowed them down. You have to give credit where credit is due. Sacramento came in a dangerous team, able to attack off the dribble, able to, to attack point guards, running on everything. Just a really energetic team. And Orlando matched their energy. Let's get the good out of the way first here. Orlando played some really strong defense, holding the Kings to 107 points, 48.8% shooting, 8 for 22 from beyond the arc. Um, a, I think they had a 102 offensive rating, um, or 105, 108 offensive rating. It was below the Magic season average. It was a good number. Um, if you're looking for solid defensive effort, the Magic gave it. And it was really key to the whole to the whole thing. Orlando was struggling in the third quarter with their offense. More on that later. Uh, really struggling with their offense in the third quarter. They trailed by 13 points, I think, entering the final quarter. And Orlando came back and nearly ha- and really had a chance to win this game. 
down by three points with about three and a half minutes to play. And they did that because of their defense, an energetic group spearheaded by uh, Jonathan Simmons, Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, and Muhammad Bamba, uh, really brought the magic back into this game. Bamba um, had a really nice game. We'll talk more about that. But five block shots for Mo Bamba. Changed plenty more. Goaltended a few as well. Uh, but really helped set the tone and, and, and get the Magic out on the break where they were much more efficient offensively and able to score a little bit easier. Um, they did such a good job. Uh, I mean, honestly, that fourth quarter uh, until the final three and a half minutes, which I'll talk about here in a moment, um, until the final three and a half minutes, that fourth quarter is exactly how the Magic want to play. And, you know, it, yes, it stinks that seven games into the season, we're looking for glimmers of hope and saying, oh, that's that's what it looks like. That that little stretch is what it looks like. We don't want to be saying that. We want to be saying it for halves, for quarters, for games. But you take what you can get at this point. Orlando's still searching for some consistency. Experiencing the way they need to play for extended stretches of time are positives. And generally, I would say, even before that, not just that, that one stretch of play, except for a stretch in the third quarter and a stretch in the second quarter, Orlando played a really nice defensive game. Aaron Gordon was active coming back for block shots. Um, he had a few of his own um, two block shots for Aaron Gordon. Nikola Vucevic blocked a shot. Um, they did a lot of really good things on the defensive end throughout the night, honestly. I thought they did a good job slowing down Sacramento. There were a few miscommunications as, as there have been this year where they let three-point shooters get away and, and, and make shots and you know kind of move the ball against them. Um, certainly still some miscommunications on that end. But generally, I thought Orlando played defense the way they need to play. Against a team like Sacramento that that plays at such a fast pace, holding them to 107 points should be enough to get the job done. But Orlando made some key mistakes down the stretch, whether it was fatigue from that bench unit playing a little bit longer than normal or whatever. Orlando just failed to execute. Down by three points uh, with about three and a half minutes to play, Orlando had a baseline inbounds. And in, in true Orlando Magic fashion, they turned the ball over on that inbounds. Jonathan Simmons, trying to find uh, anybody, kind of flung the ball toward the backcourt, hoping uh, that Jaron Grant would track it down or someone would track it down. And instead, Darren Fox tracked it down, got to the basket. Mobamba actually blocked it off the backboard. It was a goaltend and one. He missed the free throw, but it was a five-point game. Magic call a timeout. The next possession out. Orlando turns the ball over, trying to do a dribble handoff with Mobamba. Mobamba was actually going to finish this game, and uh, and from there, uh, the Kings were able to distance themselves. And Orlando started forcing things. They started uh, trying to just generate offense any way they could, and 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 did so inefficiently as as they had for much of the night when they were playing very poorly, uh, and. That's how you lose a game, 107-99. to 99. Orlando just unable to get things going. Orlando turned the ball over seven times, seven of their 17 turnovers happening in the fourth quarter, probably three or four of them in that final three-and-a-half-minute stretch. So just very poor execution. And, you know, not that the Magic left one on the board, so to speak, uh, but the Magic certainly took themselves out of uh, a chance to win this game, not to take anything away from Sacramento, as, as many Kings fans, um, as, I, as I follow some, some guys in Kings Twitter, um, very gritty win. That's a that, that was a win that th- their fan base and, and that team should be very excited about. Um, but Orlando certainly uh, did not help themselves at the very end, and and really Orlando struggled throughout the whole game. Um, you know, it it felt like in the first half, 
where Orlando took as big as an 11-point lead. It looked like Orlando could run away with this. They were playing really strong defense early on. They were generally creating good opportunities, and they were starting to stretch the lead. But eventually, their offense just kind of hit this wall. And we'll talk more about the offense here in a moment, but I just want to make sure I go through the stats here while we're talking about the game. That offense just hit a wall. And Orlando struggled to make shots, struggled to hit open shots, and even when they were getting open three-pointers, they were missing them. It comes down to making or missing shots. And and Orlando is just right now missing shots. And their defense isn't good enough to sustain them, to to hold teams under 100 points where they can get them. Um, They they were tonight. They were on Tuesday night, honestly. Um, Just poor execution down the stretch. Turnovers really did them in rather than missing shots at the end of the day. Because when the Magic got their defense set up, especially in that fourth quarter, they were pretty dominant. They were pretty good. And, and, And you felt confident that Orlando could get themselves back into this game and win it. They just could never get over the hump because they could not hit the shot that they need. Orlando ends up shooting 39.6% from the floor, 11 of 43 from beyond the arc, tying the single, the franchise single, single game record for three-point attempts that was set Saturday. Um, so Orlando is getting three-pointers, and generally I would say good three-pointers. I thought in the first half they had 23 of those 43 in the first half. Um, I thought they were getting good looks. Uh, Dave Yeager actually agreed, thought that the Magic were getting really good looks and just missing them. Um, Whether that's by design or not, who knows. But um, you want Orlando taking those shots. You want Evan Fournier taking those shots. You want Jonathan Isaac taking those shots. Um, Maybe not so much Isaac, but but you don't mind him taking those shots. You want Terrence Ross, Jaron Grant taking those shots. And right now, just everyone's missing. Um, That's really the only way to say it. 11-43 from beyond the arc. You make, you know... Even five more of those, the Magic win this game. Shots that you know that these guys can make. So whether the Magic should think about being a little more patient offensively or just letting it fly, that's still to be determined. You know, I think Orlando is right to let some of these fly. Um, maybe see where they're at, see what their comfort level is. Um, but they got to force teams to defend the three-point line against them. Right now, teams are not doing that, and so you've got to make them pay. And right now, the Magic aren't making anyone pay for those mistakes. So Orlando, margin for error is still very small for this team. I think that's a line that I've repeated numerous times, certainly online, if not here on the podcast, um, that they've got to play really good because their offense is not going to bail them out. Their defense has to be on point. It was in this game. And Sacramento's a team where, yeah, you don't have to be perfect the entire game. Sacramento made plenty of mistakes. Sacramento's a good team. I'm not taking anything away from them. But yeah, they still have a lot of mistakes that they're making. Um, they're still hardly a perfect defensive team. Um, you know, they, they I like their style. I like the direction that Jaeger's trying to take them. But yeah, they definitely have a lot of work to do too. But Orlando's got to make shots. Bottom line, and I think that's what we'll talk about here in just a moment. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Before we do that, though, I do want to run down the final stat sheet. Let's go through it real quick. Aaron Gordon finishes with 18 points, 7 for 15 shooting, 2 for 7 from beyond the arc, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocked shots, 2 steals as well. Um, I thought Aaron was really active in this game in a good way. Um, He had a couple plays, especially early on in the game. His two blocks happened uh, when Willie Cauley-Stein came running down the lane in a pick and roll pretty free as Vucevic was dealing with Darren Fox, and Gordon slid over and blocked the shot, challenged him at the rim. Good tone setter for the team. I thought he was really uh, aggressive and active defensively, uh, diving on the floor, um, making plays, and really kind of helping set the defensive tone. Um, You know, I wrote on Orlando Magic Daily. I'll probably talk a little bit about it uh, here on the show this week. I wrote about how uh, the Magic need their leaders to step up right now. The Magic need their big names. Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier especially, to step up and set the tone for this team. Gordon did that perfectly. Gordon did exactly what I was talking about in that column to say, you've got to set the tone. You've got to be the leader with your actions, your words. You've got to bring everyone up. And if anyone's energy is lagging, it's on you guys to bring it back up with your production and your energy. And, and I think Gordon did that early on, really helped set the tone and helped the Magic take control early on in the game. Offensively, yeah, Gordon's still falling into that trap. I think as the Magic struggled more and more to shoot, Orlando was hovering around 38-37% for much of the game, field goal percentage-wise, obviously finishing under 40% once again. Um, I, I felt like Gordon started forcing his offense the more the Magic struggled offensively. And I I I, I, I you know, I, I see a lot of conversations about this among Magic fans and, and a lot of people wondering, like, Gore, I mean, Gore, it's so annoying watching Gordon dribble too much. And yeah, Gordon does dribble too much. Um, but I think it's still coming from a good place. Um, I don't think Gordon is in a, I'm getting mine stat chasing mode. Um, I, I don't think that's him at all right now. I think right now he's taking the responsibility of being a team captain, of being one of the best players on the team very seriously, and is trying to lead the team. Is trying to force action to, to help boost the team. So I think it is coming from a good place. It's just not effective. And I think that's really the key. Again, I think that's something that Gordon has to continue to learn, continue to refine, is how do I how am I effective? Um, there are a couple of times where he got a smaller guy on him and he didn't do a good job sealing and demanding the ball. That's where you demand the ball when you have a favorable matchup, maybe. Um, but uh, you know, still dribbling too much, still trying to do a little too much, you know, maybe ISOing and not uh, not being aggressive and attacking uh, as much as he should. So, solid game for Aaron. I'm not going to complain too much about him. Terrence Ross, 17 points, 7 for 17, shooting 3 for 9 off the bench, 5, uh, sorry, 5 fouls, 2 assists for him, 3 steals. Um, Ross rightly got a pretty loud ovation. Um when he re-entered the game uh, late in the fourth quarter. Magic took him out with about four minutes left. 
Um, Evan Fournier entered. I don't think they were booing Fournier. I think fans were booing that Ross was leaving leaving the game. Uh, and and I, I tweeted at the time on O Magic Daily that you know you got to think that they're they're giving Ross a quick blow and he's gonna uh, a quick you know rest on on the sideline, and then he'll be back in the game shortly. That proved to be true when he entered the game. He got a pretty rousing ovation from the Amway Center, from the 15,000 plus, uh, 15,074 in attendance at the Amway Center. And it was well-deserved. Um, Ross was energetic. He was one of the few guys consistently hitting shots. You know, his confidence never wavered. Um, he kept putting shots up, He kept, and he made a good good amount, a good enough amount of them, obviously. Um, but he was aggressive. He was assertive defensively. Uh, Ross has been... You know, it has been a really big glue piece for this team. Uh, so, uh, a lot to like about Terrence Ross and the way that he's playing of late. Jonathan Simmons off the bench at 12 points, 5 for 13 shooting, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc, 5 assists as well for him. You know, he's starting to look like Jonathan Simmons or the Jonathan Simmons we expected where, you know, he's able to take guys off the dribble and just create things in the paint. Um, usually for him to score, he's, his passing's obviously improving still. Had three turnovers. A couple of them were late, again, as he was forcing things, trying to make things happen. But um, Simmons is starting to look like uh, like the player that the Magic really signed. Uh, and that's that's a good sign, especially with the wrist injuries looking to be a little bit healthier as well. Nikola Vucevic with 15 points, 5 for 11 shooting, 5 for 6, 15 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, a 5 or 6 from the foul line, 15 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, you know, I'm going to say it again. I say it all the time. Typical Nikola Vucevic game. Just fill the box, box score. Um, was uh, Magic offense worked really well when it ran through him, uh, whether from the high post or the low post, just a reliable player in the right place at the right time for rebounds. Um, really did a good job fighting. I, I thought did a really good job defensively. He's played really, really well so far this season. So, um, you know, uh, you know these kind of performances from Nikola Vucevic are becoming commonplace. Um, I think Mo Bamba finished the game because Mo Bamba made a big defensive impact, and, and, and there's still some value in that for this Magic team. Not that Vucevic did not. Mo Bamba finishes with 7.7 rebounds, 5 blocked shots. Um, really struggled early on in the game, uh, going up against Marvin Bagley the third, especially. Um, but as the game wore on, you could see him getting more comfortable. You could see him beginning to assert himself a little bit more defensively. His arms weren't so down to his side. He was starting to use that length to change shots and, and make uh, life very difficult for the Sacramento Kings. Um, a really big step for him. I would call. I honestly would say this was his best game since that opener against the Miami Heat when he was blocking shots, when he was making plays. You could feel the energy in the crowd. Um, uh, you know, offensive game still rudimentary. Obviously, he had a three, but, um, you know, working the glass the way he did was big. Um, still getting pushed around a little bit. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein kind of shoved him out of the way a few times. Um, but you could see the energy that he brings to the game, and, and this was a really good performance for him. Uh, you know, good step in the right direction for Mo Bamba. Finally, Evan Fournier, nine points, three for thirteen shooting, one for six from beyond the arc. Uh, as I'll talk, I think I'm going to talk about Evan Fournier a little bit more tomorrow. Um, certainly, I'll have something. I'm hoping to have something up on Orlando Magic Daily tomorrow. If not, it'll be up Thursday. Um, but Fournier is really struggling from the field. He missed a ton of shots that you just expect him to make. Uh, and right now, the Magic need him to make shots, and and he's just not. Um, there's no other way around it. Um, Orlando obviously uh, is not going to win many games if Evan Fournier is struggling the way he's struggling right now. I don't think the Magic intend to bring him off the bench. Um, I know there's a lot of fans frustrated with his play. Uh, the law of averages, his, he, he is a better shooter than what he has shown so far. He is due to hit shots. He, you trust you 
trust him to get back to his at least career average around 37% from beyond the arc. He's not there right now. Um, but he just had a really bad shooting game. He's had a really bad shooting month. Uh, and and he's just got to figure it out. And you got either have faith that he'll figure it out or you don't. And if you don't have faith he'll figure it out, you bring him off the bench. If you do, you leave him in the starting lineup and wait for it to happen. I'm still in that camp that that he's going to figure it out. I, I trust him. He's a good player. Um, but right now, you know, he is a symptom um, or, or a poster child, at least, of the larger problems that the Magic have. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I was struck by an interesting dichotomy uh, as the Orlando Magic took on the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings, uh, entering the game, were third in the league in pace, uh, eighth or ninth in the league in offensive rating. And it, it, it wasn't something you really expected. Maybe it was something they planned, but... Uh, planned a few years ago, but but it wasn't something expected considering the personnel and, and who they've been, or who maybe they weren't. Dave Yeager, of course, was the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies uh, after Lionel Hollins. Those teams, his three Grizzlies teams, ranked last in pace, and if they weren't last, they were near the bottom. Those were slow-it-down, grind-it-out, grit-and-grind teams with Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. It worked. They made the playoffs. They were a solid team, but you could begin to see, and not only were they playing at a slow pace, they didn't shoot a lot of three-pointers. The Grizzlies, for those years under Dave Yeager, were the anti-modern team. They were the ones truly resisting the change that was coming to the NBA and proving that, yeah, you could still win with this style. Although the wins in Memphis decreased every year Jaeger was there, and it was clear they needed to begin modernizing if they were going to keep up with the best teams in the West. When he arrived in Sacramento last year, they were slow again too, even after drafting Darren Fox. But this year's obviously different. He said even before the game, someone asked him how the defense is coming along, and he he joked, he really did, he deadpanned. We just want to score 125 and hope that's enough. It's really, it was really a shocking turnaround to hear that from Jaeger. Um, didn't seem like a, a big jokey guy. It was, it was well-delivered joke, Mr. Jaeger, Coach Jaeger. But it didn't, it seemed like a, 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 an abrupt turnaround. But the results are in the pudding. The results are on the court. The proof is in the pudding there. That Sacramento is five and three. Their players are engaged in every moment of the game. Iman Shumpert was talking trash from the sideline as he was sitting out uh, under manage under a health management scheme. Their bench was standing for every three pointer, every play, every defensive stop. That's a team that's got buy in and identity building in a young group. But more than that. 
it felt like an admission from David Yeager that in order to win in this league, offense has to be the focus. And you just got to hope you can teach enough defense to get stops. Teams, you know, I, I think uh, something interesting that I that that I heard, I, I listened back to uh, Rick Buecher's interview with Jonathan Isaac from uh, the early part of the season uh, about a week ago, a week or so ago. And, and Buecher said, you know, Nash, from a national perspective, people seem really excited about the Chicago Bulls. Never mind that Bulls team could defend a chair. Certainly couldn't defend Clay Thompson. But there's excitement about them because they're going to score a lot of points. The Magic, once again, and then Rob Hennigan did this, and now Jeff, ha- Jeff Weltman is doing this as well. The Magic, once again, have decided they're going to build around length and defense. They're going to build around... Um, they're going to build around um, those kinds of ideas and hope to teach shooting and teach offense. And it's not wrong to do. I mean, I think sitting in the positions that the Magic were sitting in, you know, the last two drafts, I was down to Jonathan Isaac or Dennis Smith. Jonathan Isaac's a good pick. I like Jonathan Isaac a lot. Uh, you know, Mo Bamba was the best player on the board when the Magic picked this year. And Mobamba's developing into an, a decent three-point shooter, a decent shooter as well. It's not that the Magic have eschewed offense, have, have ignored offense in drafting defensive first players. They're still looking for that big piece, that big playmaker piece, that big creator piece, that big driver and scorer piece. But moving away from the big picture thought process here, the bottom line in this league as Stan Van Gundy would say over and over again, this is a make-or-miss league. As a coach, you can't control whether your team makes or misses shots. You can only create plays and create sets that get them good opportunities. And from there, it's up to the players to execute and make shots. Undoubtedly, Orlando right now is not making shots. And while I would continue to argue and will continue to say their defensive inconsistency is the biggest issue facing the team. On Tuesday, it was certainly their offense. I would say it's been an issue for us, you know, uh, this whole year. Uh, you know, we're going to have to, you know, figure it out you know, really soon. You know, obviously, in today's league is a, a support, you know, the defenses, you know, team are scoring at a you know, high pace and you have to Keep up, uh, so I you know we have to find a way to be more efficient offensively. Uh, you know, I just uh, you know, we'll figure it out you know, through watching tape, you know, practice, working on it. It's not going to happen overnight, but you know, I, th- I thought you know, tonight was you know better than the last game where we had more uh, ball movement. You know, we try to find each other. You know, we didn't miss some open looks. We had some you know passes that uh, were good ideas, just you know, end up in turnover. So. Know, clean up some things, uh, you know, but that ends, you know, we, we have to take care of. Uh, and I thought our, our defense, you know, was better tonight as well. Magic center Nikola Vucevic talking about the team's offense. And yeah, a lot of that is true. Orlando moved the ball a lot better than they did Saturday night. They got open looks. Uh, even Dave Yeager said after the game, honestly, Orlando missed a lot of open shots. Again, maybe that's what teams want. Maybe the teams are giving the Magic open shots, daring them to make it, and it's still up to the Magic to make them. Orlando's getting misses from guys they know can make these shots. 
Aaron Gordon, Gordon going two for seven from beyond the arc, relatively normal. I'm not going to be concerned about that, but Evan Fournier going one for six. Terrence Ross going three for nine. Jonathan Simmons going one for five. DJ Augustin going two for six. They're getting the looks. They're not hitting those shots efficiently, and even open shots, even wide open shots, they're not making. Orlando, again, when they built their 11-point lead, it felt like it could be a lot bigger, but the Magic were missing the open looks. And right now, the half-court offense is a bit of a struggle. It's inconsistent at the very best. Uh, And and they're able to get good looks and able to, to get spurts of offense, but it's not sustained. There are long droughts where the team is just unable to create opportunities, and this is not a team that's going to get to the line very much, although they did get to the line a solid 22 times, for 22 free throws at least, uh, in Tuesday's game. That's that's something that has to continue as Orlando has really struggled uh, from the foul line. I think they have the worst free throw rate in the league once again. But Orlando's just got to hit open shots. It, it, it's really that simple. It's, you know, hashtag analysis. You make shots to score points. And while we can sit here and say process over results, we can sit here and say that, you know, you, you trust the system, you trust that you'll make these shots. The bottom line is the Magic are not making these shots. The Magic are not finding a way to score. Defense does have a little bit to do with this. Uh, When the Magic were at their best in Tuesday's game, they were getting stops and using that to get out and transition. Orlando had 10 fast break points on 3 of 6 shooting. Didn't get a lot of fast break opportunities, obviously. But even then, just getting out into secondary break opportunities, into secondary secondary transition uh, sets, goes a long way for this group and for this team. The Magic just have to get there. And so, yeah, a little bit better defense will help the offense in a major way. Everyone seemed to agree and seemed to admit that. And again, the big concern defensively is just that. Not only keeping the score down so that the pressure is off the offense a little bit, so that they're not pressing, not trying to find something to come back late in games, but also because it does create easy opportunities. It creates mismatches that they can exploit and go after. And that part's been inconsistent. That's the backbone of this team that's been a little shaky, a little wavy, a little very inconsistent. And so Orlando, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a mirror of last year, honestly. They're doing a lot of the right things. I'm not, as I said yesterday, Orlando's getting open shots. They're getting good looks. And you have to trust and believe that the Magic will make those looks. Now, maybe they could pass or drive to get the next better look, or get to the foul line where they might have a better chance of scoring points. But I'm not overall upset with the looks, the kind of looks the Magic are getting at this point. The real question remaining, the real question remaining now, is can the Magic just make shots? As Stan Van Gundy said, and it's so true, this is a make-or-miss league. Coaches can't control whether you make or miss shots. Coaches can only create the opportunities to take those shots. Orlando is arguably getting those. It's now just about making the darn shot. And until the Magic make those shots, 
Winds are going to be hard to come by. Doesn't mean the sky is falling. Doesn't mean that the Magic need to trade everyone. Doesn't mean the Magic need to panic. We're only seven games into this thing, and believe it or not, I have looked at the standings. They're only a game out of the eighth spot. The East is struggling, as everyone expected. They're not losing distance, but yeah, it's a concern that the Magic haven't turned that corner offensively with their shot making, even to shoot an average amount. It's really, they're below average right now for them, not even for the league. They're below average for the league, period, but they're below average for them. We know they can do better. Now it's just about delivering. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.